0: prayer for me too won't you david it seems that our numbers have started to fall i thought missions were made for the will of the holy surely
1: his will says this mission won't fall Cable Smith, welcoming everybody to the Lone Star Outdoor Show, Crockett's Prayer, one of my favorites there from Shane Smith and the Saints as, you know, it's been on my mind this week, the Battle of the Alamo, the 13-day siege from February 23rd through March 6th, 1836. Of course, William Barrett Travis sent word to Davy Crockett that he needed reinforcements badly. Um... Ultimately, Crockett and and a few other volunteers made their way to the Alamo where it would eventually fall on March 6th. And of course, Santa Ana put every man to the sword. Those who surrendered were executed. Uh, Most of them, however, were killed during that final siege. Ultimately, however, that battle became the rallying cry for Texas. And in April, Sam Houston would catch up to Santa Ana and his army. At the Battle of San Jacinto, and they routed the Mexicans. Thus, winning our independence and changing the course of history, not just for Texas, but for the United States as well. I mean, Texas' original landmass included parts of New Mexico, Oklahoma, Kansas, Colorado, and even into Wyoming. Think about that. Um, So, today we celebrate those brave souls who knowingly went into that battle, understanding that their fate was determined. Anyway, with uh, today's history lesson out of the way, I hope they're still teaching that in schools, y'all. I know that uh, it seems like they're trying to erase more and more of our history every day. Uh, But with that out of the way, we've got a great show lined up for you. So thanks to Dallas Safari Club, our title sponsor, as well as Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris. Um, We've got a great show lined up for you today. So you know what to do by now. Pull up that stool a little closer to the old campfire, pour yourself another cup of coffee out of that beat up old Stanley thermos that granddaddy passed down to you years ago, because we've got an interesting tale to share with you today regarding one man's will to live and ability to survive after being mauled repeatedly by his thousand pound black bear. Yes, he had a black bear, weighed a thousand pounds, that's bigger than any black bear ever recorded in the wild literally the biggest one ever i think was just over 900 pounds shot in new brunswick in 1974 Uh, this one was a thousand pounds and for whatever reason it decided to uh turn on his owner and and friend really Uh, raised him from a cub only to have it tear him apart literally like bones coming out pelvis crushed bicep gone. I mean, like, where did my bicep go? It's gone. The bear ripped it out. Uh, All that. I mean, absolutely. It it was a crime scene. And yet somehow Kent Julius's father survived this ordeal. And Kent will be here in studio with our good friend, uh, Jonathan Mornin, who is the one who made me aware of this story. Jonathan and I have uh, duck hunted together in recent times here and have become good friends. And so uh, I'm thrilled to have both of them. Join me today. So while it is a uh, a gruesome story, it is one that has a, somewhat of a happy ending, as uh, Ken's father did survive the attack. But when you hear the details, I mean it's uh, it's amazing that he didn't bleed out right there. So we'll get into all of that. and And what happened to the bear? What what happened? His name was Clifford, by the way. Uh, what happened to Clifford after this ordeal? Uh, it's a, that's an interesting story in and of itself. But that's what's on the docket for today. Uh, gonna be certainly interesting, no doubt about it. Um, let's do let's do a quick giveaway. I've got a Lone Star Outdoor Show camo cap, uh, cipher camo from First Light. Also, a Lone Star Outdoor Show sticker, and we'll throw in a Lone Star Outdoor Show T-shirt as well to today's winner. To enter to win the Lone Star Outdoor Show prize pack, just email the word bear. That's bear. To Lone Star Outdoors Show at gmail.com. Coming up next, we're joined in studio by Kent Julius and Jonathan Mornin right here on the Lone Star Outdoors Show. There were no fences to keep us apart. Unbroken horses,
2: unbroken
1: hearts. Live Oak Outdoors offers some of the best waterfowl hunting in the Central Flyway, hunting over 2,000 acres of cut rice along the coast that attracts wintering geese by the tens of thousands. Hunts take place out of layout blinds or white parkas over a spread of 1,500 decoys. It's also common to shoot pintail and other puddle ducks in the goose spread. Professional guides make sure you have a safe and memorable hunt of a lifetime. They're based out of El Campo, Texas. Check them out at liveoakoutdoors.com, or you can book your hunt by calling Chris Slimp at 832-466-9646.
2: The bear caught his
1: eye. He aimed that hawking gun. Pulled the trigger three times, but it never fired a one. The bear began to charge. let he pulled his bowie knife. The bear and the mountain man. It it Chad Slagle bringing us back on the Lone Star Outdoor show. Cable Smith here with you today. Thank you so much for being here. It is a treat to be talking all things outdoors with you as we're about to get into one of the more unnerving tales probably to ever be told on, on our show that involves Kent Julius's father being mauled, literally torn apart by his black bear. That's right. He had a black bear <laughs> and, uh, we're going to get into that. Really incredible story coming up here momentarily. But first, this segment of the show brought to you by Dallas Safari Club, the worldwide leader in big game conservation. For more information on how to get plugged in with this great group of conservationists, just check us out at biggame.org. Well, let's go ahead and welcome our first guest to the show today. Joining me now in studio, it is Kent Julius and our good friend, Jonathan Morning, Thank you for being here, guys. Yeah,
2: thanks for thanks, having us. Yeah, thanks for having us.
1: Absolutely. So Kent has a very interesting family story to share with us today, which um, I'm looking forward to hearing about. And Jonathan, you told me about this. He actually came and shared the story at your church recently.
0: Yeah. So uh, at our men's group, we had him come and tell the story. And uh, it, it is a story that will blow not only your mind, but every listener's mind <laughs> and uh, and hope that I never have a story like this. Yeah.
1: Well, and, and so you and I, Jonathan, we've we've hunted together and have been friends for a couple of years now. Um, I don't know much about Kent personally, so tell us where you're from and what you like to hunt.
2: So I'm uh, from Southern Illinois and primarily whitetail. Uh-huh. In fact, that's about all I hunt now. I go back to Illinois and hunt every year with my family <laughs> and, you know, it's free to get uh-huh. on our family's property. And yeah. and so we grew up deer hunting and, and you know, still do it to this day. Yeah, I'm a veterinarian uh, by trade. And moved to Texas in ninety nine, been here ever since. Married, okay. have one daughter, is fifteen.
1: Awesome. Awesome. So so let's get into your dad, because that's who the story is about. And I know that there's a big black bear involved. But <laughs> he actually had he he found this bear as a cub.
2: How does so, it play yeah, out? Yeah, so my dad back in eighty five when I was a kid, that's the reason I'm a veterinarian, he had animals of all types. And mm-hmm. in, in 85, he read an article about an adopt-a-horse program where he could adopt a wild stallion and uh, or any wild horse. But of course, he chose a stallion, and we drove to Reno and picked up a stallion and broke it and rode it and everything. And he kind of got into it then. right after that, he got some buffalo, and then it just kind of expanded from there. Ended up with feigning goats and emu and ostriches and and. Uh, water buffalo and yak and y'all uh, should
1: have been charging admission to see he, well he story.
2: actually did have uh, kids come out to the property and nursing homes would bring people out and organize trips he never charged anybody a penny for it but uh-huh. he liked to, he liked kids come out and see things so it led to to a bear cub he would go to these exotic animal auctions and uh he was usda inspected. he had a exhibitor license for all these things and have he would have uninspect unannounced inspections and so he did it the right way and took took great care of these animals but for some reason we still wonder why he chose to get a bear as uh-huh. a pet yeah. <laughs> and so of course it took a long time to set up the enclosure you know so that it had everything it needed hibernation tank he had a dead tree hibernation tank yeah there's you know you got to have you got to have a hibernation tank for the bear for the winter especially uh-huh. up in illinois yeah and uh had two big basically corn cribs that had roofs on them but he put a big tree in there that was a dead tree the bear could climb up in the tree and and then a whole bunch of toys and all kinds of different things in there so uh so he did it right yeah and and a perimeter fence uh, you know it was double double padlock type of thing and I think he just thought it'd be neat. He always liked to do things that were different. Yeah. And, of course, this was different.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so so how old were you when he, when he got the bear? Or had well, you already I, moved So out? I was
2: an adult. So he got the okay. bear. So nine years minus 2013 was when he got, got attacked by the bear. So uh-huh. it was nine years prior to that. So it had been, what, uh, 2004. 2004? Yeah. yeah. So I would have been like 30. Okay. Yeah, I was a grown man living down here.
1: And, right. s- and when you would go back up for whitetail or for the holidays or whatever –
2: did you ever like pet this thing? Oh, no, not me. <laughs> no. So, <laughs> so, but we would dad felt obligated for some reason, even when I was there, to go in with the bear and do little tricks with the bear while we were there. You know, mm-hmm. I'm talking his granddaughters would be there. We'd have, you know, people come out, little girls that were three, four years old, he'd have to go in and feed the bear Smarties or have the bear give him a big hug, or the bear liked to take his hat off with his with his mouth so the bear would stand, you know, and of course he's about he's almost eight foot tall standing and, and would reach down and grab his hat off. And, and he, dad would hold these candies in his ha- in his hand, like in a fist. And that bear would take his, take his nails and kind of pry the, the hand open to get the candy. Oh, wow. So he, he felt obligated to go in there and dad asked, he said, you know, I assume you don't want to go in. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good on the bear. Yeah. No, thanks. Yeah.
0: Well, and it wasn't even a bear that's, you know, like I'm looking at your bear right here on the wall and it, yeah. And that's a large animal, but you know, the average black bear weighs like hundred and seventy five to three hundred and fifty pounds in yeah. the wild. And this that one bear, was
1: like three seventy five yeah, coming right. out of hibernation. And that's a eighteen and three quarter inch skull. So a nice yeah. bore. And that's yeah. a really nice yeah. boar.
0: <laughs> and this bear was right at a thousand pounds that
2: his dad had <laughs> yeah. and yeah. stood eight feet tall and uh so, so that's
1: bigger than, like, I think that's bigger than the world like record free-ranging. But it's like a grizzly. There, yeah.
2: Oh, really? Yeah, so yeah. they used a grizzly mount. We've had him taxidermied since, and maybe you can put pictures. Of, we can get you pictures yeah. if you don't have them, but they, there was no black bear mount that would work. Oh, well, they don't exist. <laughs> right? It's all those smarties got him going. Yeah, yeah really. Jeez. Oh, yeah.
1: Okay. So what was the main, like... For this bear's diet, what would you feed a pet? So he chose pound bear.
2: He chose a lot of it was Road dog kill? food. <laughs> to be honest, his dog food a lot of it. But yeah. he chose not to feed the bear meat. He okay. didn't want the bear to have the taste of meat. Now whether or not that, you know, I don't know the the nature of that may, would make any difference or not. Mm-hmm. He knew it's a wild bear and he can't take the wild out of it. But he fed it. He fed it. Uh, you know, different kinds of treats. But I think his main main course of diet was the was the dog food.
1: Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Interesting and so he had this bear for how many years until uh nine years, nine years. Yep. and from a cub to a thousand pounds
2: so the first yeah he got it it was seven pounds i said four at one point it's uh. actually seven pounds head in the house he would wear a diaper and run uh. around and you know bears are inquis- inquisitive so he would it didn't take very long before he had to move to the garage and then he would run free out in the yard and play <laughs> with it and, and then it didn't take very long before he's too big and he had to get him in his pen but yeah uh but he he grew inside that pen, and and uh, and Dad just went in there with it every single day for nine years.
1: Wow. Yeah, I was looking at uh, when I ran into you at the, uh, Jonathan, at the Dallas Safari Club show, yep. there was some, um Oklahoma um, outfitters there that had land from the Choctaw Nation. Okay. And they were doing, like, large-scale whitetail leases, and they had some nice deer up there, and I was like, um. You know, two and a half hours from yeah, I'm North Texas. I'm, I'm interested in this. and But, don't, you know, I was like, well, tell me about the property. He said they have one place that had uh, some RVs on there already. And he said, but there's bears on it. And I was like. Mm, I'm good. <laughs> Not for the aspect of being afraid of them. I don't want those damn things tearing up my feeders. Like, if you're yeah. paying a lot of yeah. money to whitetail hunt, Makes sense. it's like a yeah. 300-pound raccoon. Like, yeah. those feeders don't stand a chance. So no I was chance. like, mm, show me the one no, without the bears. <laughs> I'll They're go somewhere else for it. bear hunting, you know? Uh, yeah. So I can imagine this thing at very early age. was like, all right, you're out of the house, buddy.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think he was in the house for two or three weeks. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Jeez.
1: Yeah. Wow. Okay. So they obviously had a... Well, Great relationship. Your dad goes in there and does tricks with it. Mm-hmm. Let's him basically put his mouth on his head to take his hat off. Sure. <laughs> so this all went south though in 2013?
2: August 11th, 2013 on a Sunday morning. Yeah. He went in and, and it, you know, it was a bad day.
1: <laughs> so, so what was different about that day?
2: So we think, so dad had a mini stroke about three weeks prior. Uh-huh. He's 64 at the time. And of course he's alpha to this bear his whole life and, Dad was never scared of an animal. I never saw him ever get scared of an animal. so I get mad at a lot of animals, but never mm-hmm. scared of an animal. Uh, and we think we you know who knows maybe just the fact that he's a bear, but yeah. he went in and we think maybe that bear saw something different in Dad. you know maybe he wasn't looking the same, wasn't acting as tough uh-huh. and a mini stroke is is something that you know sometimes you can't even outwardly see dad just became emotional he would cry sometimes like out doing work on a farm just start crying he didn't even know he'd had a mini stroke and then oh. went to the doctor said something's wrong with me and they you know they diagnosed him and then their uh, the doctor's instructions at that point after he had the mini stroke was uh, you need to avoid stress and three weeks later Here's this. Yeah.
1: Wow. Okay. Well, I think this is a good a good point to take a quick commercial break and kind of uh, we'll tease this and, and get into the details of this attack coming up here in just a second. Sound good?
2: Sounds good. Sounds good.
1: All right. And that segment brought to you by All Seasons Feeders and Blinds. Spring is in the air. That means you're probably thinking about wetting the line. So if you've got a stock tank or a pond on your property, you want to take care of those crappie catfish, bass, then you need to get the damn fish feeder. Here's what you do. You put the damn fish feeder on your damn dam, and you feed your damn fish. It's the damn fish feeder. You can find it at allseasonsfeeders.com. And concerning this black bear attack story, we get into the meat of the issue next on the Lone Star Outdoor show. And shed not a tear,
2: but sometimes at night when the cold wind moans in a long black veil she cries o'er my bones she walks these hills in a long black veil. She visits my grave when the night winds wave.
1: Hey guys, Cable here, and uh, I want to tell you about outdoor access. See, access is the one thing I hear hunters complaining about the most. They don't have a place to hunt, but they want to, right? Well, outdoor access is the solution to that problem think uber but for hunters it's a membership based program it's only nine dollars a month but it gives you access to a list of properties for uh, hunting whatever you want you want to hunt deer one weekend great you want to hunt ducks on another property the next fine turkey on another you have dozens to choose from and it's a lot less expensive than paying for a traditional 52 week lease so if you're interested in basically what i call uber for the outdoorsman Use the activation code Lone Star at checkout. Just go to OutdoorAccess.com, that's OutdoorAccess.com, and use my promo code Lone Star for 30% off your membership. That's OutdoorAccess.com.
0: Hey, y'all, it's Jeff Foxworthy, and thanks for listening to my buddy Cable Smith
1: on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. It's all said and done. I guess you are not the one. That's the latest from our buddy, A.J. Gould, crying. Cable Smith here with you today. Thanks so much for being here. I do appreciate each and every one of you more than you know, so thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, We are visiting with Kent Julius and Jonathan Mornin here, rehashing truly a a horrifying tale where Kent's father was attacked by his thousand-pound black bear. And um, we'll get back into that here in just a second. It's about to get pretty messy, to say the least. Uh, But first, this segment of the presentation is brought to you by First Light and the Sawbuck Pants. If you're at all into upland hunting, you need to check out the Sawbuck. Um, It's what I wore on all of my upland hunts this year, as well as, you know, anytime you're going into terrain where things can cut you, scratch you, grab you, the Sawbuck It's perfect for that. It's got uh, rugged fronts. It's also got like a ventilated crotch area, so you don't get that swamp you-know-what. But it's the Sawbuck. highly recommend it, and you can find it at FirstLight.com. FirstLight, go further, stay longer. Um, Let's pick it back up here with Jonathan Morton and Kent Julius, who are nice enough to stick around through the break. Uh, Guys, thanks for being here in studio today. Well, you guys just say, yeah. Yes. No <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I thought you were trying to your listeners. <laughs> I did too. Um, so we talked a little bit about this thousand pound black bear boar, Kent, that your dad raised from a seven pound cub to uh, a thousand pounds and had an enclosure with a hibernation tank, all that fascinating stuff. Um, and that, and that's, that brings up another point. Like um, the further North you go, the smaller the black bears get, right? Yeah. Um. You're gonna find we'll find small ones in New Mexico, right? But then you go north, you get into Canada, like a big one, like you said earlier, Jonathan. 400 pounds is is a nice bear. But if you go east and or southeast, you go to Florida, Georgia, the Carolinas. Those bears don't hibernate. They uh, get yeah. they get to like 700 pounds occasionally. Yep. Um, so it's interesting that that uh, aspect of when they don't hibernate they just eat year round and it
2: may bigger. have been part of it because I just we read there was a there was an article written about dad after this and dad would purposely wake that bear up sometimes in the hibernation tank because he missed him during the winter. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And he wanted him to come out and eat. So I'm sure that did have something This to wasn't do with the it. day of the attack. No, no. This <laughs> is the year after year. You know, I know I'm cranky if hug. somebody wakes me up sometimes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. yeah. to Especially to do from that. a deep sleep, right? Oh, yeah. my god. <laughs>
1: okay, so going back to the day of the attack, like you said, your dad had had a mini stroke. Maybe the bear had a sixth sense and identified just something wasn't right with this man who had raised him. Mm-hmm and so what how does the attack start and how does it all play out
2: so dad would go in and clean the enclosure this particular enclosure had a concrete floor on it and Mm -hmm. dad turned on the garden hose and uh, went in the first gate took the garden hose into the second gate in with the bear and the bear was i think sitting or laying over there at the side and dad's of course got this garden hose running and uh dad said he does there's a little bit of time that he doesn't remember but the the rest of time he remembers in vivid detail that i'll get into he said the water hit the bear and he said i looked at the bear and he pinned his ears back and the next thing you know he just hit dad across the face with with a paw and threw him out of that first gate Mm. onto the grass outside the enclosure and you know something made him mad and yeah. just he said i didn't have time to react it was just next thing i know i'm thrown out on my back and here he came after me wow so, uh, yeah and claws across which we have pictures across the neck and face and
0: then all the way onto this shoulder from that initial that initial hit uh-huh. just yeah. i don't even know how it didn't kill him honestly the initial yeah really? i mean So
2: dad had it. We, at some point in the attack, he hit the chain link fence and we don't know if it was when he was thrown out to hit the outside chain link fence, but dad had a chain link, uh, fence and marks on the side of one side of his face. And then the other side of his neck, he's got four big scratches, you know, going down from the back of his ear all the way down the neck, uh, you know, over onto the other shoulder. And he was wearing hearing aids. He wears hearing aids and it knocked him out Mm. and we'll get to, you know, how that affected the story later. But, uh, he it threw him out, knocked his hearings hearing aids out, and then he's on his back and, and the bear came out and started in on him. Yeah. And I so can tell you more detail. You want to know the detail now? So the <laughs> so we we think, of course we don't know every detail of where the bear was standing, but the first there's three separate attacks. The first one then the bear comes out, stands on dad's right hip, and then grabs dad's right calf. With his mouth, he's got imprints in the calf, teeth marks where uh-huh. the teeth sunk in. He broke that lower leg, and then lifted up with the on the bite. That, he broke the leg. Yeah, broke oh, wow. the leg with the bite, and then lifted up on the on that lower leg while he was standing on the upper leg or the hip, and the femur snaps and comes out of the skin in the back. So Dad's in watching all this happen, and here's he said he remembers looking at that leg bone thinking. He was surprised how big it was uh so he's got this femur broken sticking out this is like an out of
1: body experience like literally here's
2: my leg out of my body yeah, absolutely <laughs> oh so so the leg snaps and then and then he and then he stopped for a second as i understand it and at some point we ought to get dad here to tell this story because mm. he's willing to he's just 700 miles away right. i asked him if he's willing he said he is so uh the bear then picks that up by the other leg as as we understand i hope i'm getting the order right uh and dad said he flung him from side to side like a dog would do with a toy so he Mm. said he picked me up by his mouth and just started flinging my whole body side to side while i'm screaming
0: that was on the left leg on the left quad
2: Mm. on the left leg outer quad picks him up and throws him back down on the ground and then dad said he started just tearing into that left leg now now he's on his left quad and he said he's just biting into the meat and just pulling pieces out. He said he just kept biting and pulling more pieces out. And then Dad looks down. and He's he like, s- oh, meat's good. I, I <laughs> I've been, always, in <laughs> <now> I've been <laughs> a vegetarian <laughs> my whole life. I, <laughs> yeah, 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 really. Hunter's got something going. Yeah. He actually wasn't eating any of it. Mm. He was just leaving pieces of Dad in the grass. Oh, and God. Dad looks down and. And he can see his other femur now. Hmm. And it was the outside of that quad. So luckily, again, somehow, not not the femoral artery that on either leg, of course, he'd bleed to death quickly. Yeah. Uh, and the bear steps away for a minute, just literally probably two or three feet away from him and just looks at him. And dad said he was just laying on his back, shaking, saying to himself, please don't come back, please don't come back, please don't back, come back. And the bear's just sort of looking at him. And he said that uh, – Then he just turned and came and uh, started to bite him on the chest. So he did bite him on the chest. So when I say bite him on the chest, it's the whole chest all the way to the stomach. Oh, wow. Years prior, dad had put a bowling ball in the enclosure with the bears, a toy, put a whole bunch of toys in there. But dad said he would hit that bowling ball around like a tennis ball. And he had broken off both lower canine teeth to level the gums years prior. And when this bear then bit into dad's chest, up just under his neck, on both sides, he's got these canine teeth that just sunk into his chest, and the incisors sunk in right there under his neck. And then the lower teeth, the lower incisors below his belly button is where they basically started scraping, but those lower canine teeth didn't dig in because he didn't have lower canine Uh. teeth. And then scrapes, but then managed to pull the skin in the middle of his chest up he had to have a bunch of surgeries on that chest after that. But had he had those lower canine teeth, it would have just tore his, yeah, you know, his torso open. Yeah. And dad said when he was doing that, he said, I was grabbing the bear's neck, trying to push him off. And he said, I was screaming, stop. And he said, at that point, you could hear, well, through the whole thing, he said, I was listening to the bear. And the bear's got this kind of a high pitch growl, kind of squeal, like a mad type of of. of higher pitch Mm. growl that he hadn't heard him do before. And he said, and I, he said, I could see his fat shaking. Like you see a bear, if they're fighting or something, you know, just the fat's jiggling everywhere. And he's got this bear hold of the bear's neck. Or he said, basically, I, basically dad said, I pushed his head off of me. But he said that made him mad, really mad. He said, <laughs> I could tell he was mad. You thought he'd be mad before, right? Right. Uh, but he, the bear then lifts his head up and then reaches down and just rips dad's right bicep off, basically, there's a little part attached. But then dad looks over, lifts up his right arm, looks at it, he, now he can see his humerus, his upper arm bone. he said his tricep and all the skin was still laying on the ground when his arm lifted up and he could see the you know the veins kind of stretching the nerves kind of stretching from the meat that was hanging there Uh he said the bone looked kind of bluish but he i mean to the every detail he's looking at that arm bone thinking oh my goodness you know now he's torn into my arm so now he's got both legs femurs exposed arm bone exposed the chest bends chewed out and then the bear walks back a little bit further where dad decides maybe I can make a make a getaway here uh oh. so I you know personally for me I would I would I would think a normal person would have given up long yeah. before that and passed out or just been in so much shock that you wouldn't have tried to save yourself mm-hmm. whereas at that point he decides you know he's got he's got a chance now to get out of the pen
1: okay I think this is the perfect time to work in a quick break we'll come back hear how he gets out of the pen and then what he does to signal for help I mean he's got to be bleeding out here um, very quickly so we'll discuss that next um, that segment by the way brought to you by Lone Star Ag Credit land that's the one thing they ain't making anymore but we all want it if you're ready to make that dream a reality well Lone Star Ag Credit has been helping its borrowers for over 100 years they'll do the same for you you find them at LoneStarAgCredit.com we'll be right back with more on the Lone Star Outdoor Show go forever
2: River a homeward I'll go forever searching I know
1: I'm Craig Boddington I'd like to invite you to become a member of Dallas
0: Safari
2: Club one of the world's leading hunting and conservation organizations As a member you receive Game Trails magazine a monthly newsletter and invitations to our monthly meetings and special activities Join Dallas Safari Club An international organization based in Dallas, supporting hunting and conservation worldwide. For more information, call 800-9-GO-HUNT or visit our website at www.biggame.org.
1: Want a sweet talking Romeo. But around here, baby
0: I learn you get what you can get.
1: So if you're looking for love, honey, I'm tougher than the rest. Chris Ledoux, tougher than the rest, seems appropriate. We're talking about dark. surviving a mauling by a thousand pound black bear that's exactly what kent julius's father did and we're going to continue with that story momentarily i'm cable smith by the way thank you guys for being here on the lone star outdoor show powered by dallas safari club thanks to lone star beer and Hoff power players as well um, before we resume that nightmarish tale this segment of the show brought to you by Vortex Optics and the Fury HD range-finding binocular. I've told y'all before, I'm kind of a minimalist. I don't like to take a lot of extra gear into the woods if I don't have to, especially into the backcountry. Uh, it's just one more thing to have to keep track of, more weight that you have to carry. Why bother? The Fury combines the rangefinder and the optic your binos into one. You can find it at vortexoptics.com vortex the force of optics Um, let's pick back up here kent you were about to relay how exactly your father escapes from his pet bear that turned on him Uh, at this point both of his legs have been like just crushed Um, his right arm his bicep has been torn down to the bone the bear bit into his chest and slashed across his face and shoulder. At this point, I think most people will be already dead or have given up. Um, he's losing massive amounts of blood. So what happens now?
2: I asked him how to, you know how to use his legs. He said, "Well, the one leg, the, the right uh, leg that was broken with the bone sticking out, the bone sticking in the dirt." And at that point, the garden hose had been run, and so the whole area is just full of full of water, a couple inches of cold water, and. So he said, I was able to somehow, that right arm, somehow he could still use, and his left arm is okay. So he kind of goes on his back and shimmies to the gate. Well, that, that outside gate, that perimeter fence, that latch is about four foot up. Well, dad's got to climb up that, that to get that latch open, gets it open somehow, then gets himself outside the enclosure, and he starts slamming the gate shut, and it wouldn't shut all the way. He didn't know why. It was about three, four five inches from shutting, and finally he somehow managed to wedge that gate shut and get the latch because he's he gets out the enclosure he's now he's sitting down and he's thinking i got to get this gate shut because the bear could get out and get me and get somebody else so he has to climb back up to get that latch and then he starts slamming it and he finally got the latch closed and then he said then i laid down on my back and then i realized the reason the gate wasn't shutting because my foot was under the gate stuck under the (laughs) gate so his foot And his boot and everything's still in with the bear. And he's laying on the ground thinking, how am I going to get this? You know, i got to climb back up the gate again, or what do I do? And he said, I just decided at that point i got to get my foot out of there. So he said, I knew when when I was going to have to do this, it was going to hurt bad. He said, but I just reached down and grabbed my leg and just pulled it out of the boot. And he said, that's when you could have heard me in three counties screaming because it was so – the pain was so bad. So he pulls the leg out of the boot. The boot's still sitting, you know, under the gate at that point. And then he – backs out a couple of feet and somehow through all this dad had his cell phone in his pocket (laughs) a little flip phone and uh 2013 he should have had a better phone i guess (laughs) yeah but it probably wouldn't have worked. (laughs) that's right well that's that's what happened he gets out he gets out of this what i read and recently there i get little details as we go here you know he he flips his phone open to call for help no service oh so he thinks well i got to i got to go further until I get service. And he had a decision to make. You know, there's a hired hand up up north and about 200 yards from the enclosure, and then his house is probably another couple hundred yards south. But the house was downhill. The trailer was uphill. So he said, I'll just start heading towards the house. But the house, he has to go down this gravel driveway with the big rock on it, dragging himself with that leg following him. He, dra- he said he drug himself by another 12 feet, pulled his phone back out again. He's got, he's got a signal. So he calls Aerovac, which is the company he'd set up earlier, years earlier, if something happened where yeah. a helicopter would come out. So he calls, he says, you know, his name, what's happened. He's been mauled by a bear. You need to send a helicopter because if you send an ambulance, I'll be dead because I'm bleeding. I'm yeah. bleeding to death here. And then he couldn't hear him because his hearing aid's out. So right. he's got the phone held to his head and he says everything. He said, I hope I got him. I well, didn't he has know no idea he, if he they're hear answering. it ringing. He just gave it time. And then said all this thing he's i think he might have said it a couple times yeah and then he just hangs up and then <laughs> grabs his. <laughs> then what he does at that point is he pulls the belt off he's got both legs bleeding but the right leg was bleeding worse with that bone out so he takes the belt off makes a tourniquet out of it and puts it up into the into his hip and just tightens it down holds on to it like it like he's riding a bull mm. and then he said, "Well, I was laying there. I started. He said he's at this point. He's yelling the whole time. He's turning his head one way, yelling help. Turning his head the other way, yelling, yell, yelling help. Laying in the water, and the water probably helped. We know it helped because it's cold and it's yep. going to constrict some of those veins, so it doesn't bleed out as fast." And he grabs his phone back out of his pocket again, starts scrolling through the scrolling through the uh, numbers, see who to call, and he decided to call Lucas up at the trailer. This is Sunday morning to get help. And he 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 calls and then Melissa, his girlfriend, answered and he said, You know, I need help down at the bear pen. And I think he said I think he just said Luke Bear Pen. I think oh. it's all he said. But she had no idea he'd been attacked by a bear. Yeah. She to this day said he was calm and so she goes in, and gets Lucas, said, Hey, Marion needs help, but as name's Mary, Marion Julius, needs help out the bear pen. So Lucas gets up, puts his pants on, got in no hurry. <laughs> right. And then gets out of the trailer. He said, I got out onto the deck and I heard screaming. Huh. And Melissa, who Dad had called, had heard screaming earlier that morning. We don't know how long. Dad said it was a long time this happened with him out there saving his own life. She had heard something that sounded funny, but she thought it was a, a donkey that was neighing out there cuz Dad's got donkeys. Mm-hmm. But she said she didn't think anything. Oh, went back in the trailer. So Lucas comes out now, hears him screaming, he said I knew at that point it's bear attack and he ran by the ha- by his truck, and he said "I had a he had just a 9-millimeter handgun underneath his truck seat. He grabs that and then runs out to Dad. And he said, I saw your dad laying there, and there was a trail of pieces of meat and skin and stuff where your dad had crawled. Oh. And he said and he just started trembling. You know, just he said just chills up and down and just shaking. He said my whole <laughs> body was shaking when I saw him. And he said, I didn't know what to do. I was helpless. And then Dad just starts giving him instructions. He said, I got this – Tourniquet on. I need you to run to the house, get a bunch of towels, wrap all these, you know, my legs and this arm up. See if we can stop the bleeding. I've got the helicopter on the way. I think. Well, yeah. I think <laughs> that's a good point. Maybe. I hope, maybe. <laughs> so, uh, so then Lucas runs to the house, grabs a bunch of towels, and comes back. And then, uh, prior to that, I apologize. I'll get back up just a touch here. Yeah. He told dad that he had a tourniquet on the wrong leg. He said, your dad was confused. He put the tourniquet on the wrong leg because I could see this, all this meat on the other side and the bone. So Lucas then changes the belt to the left leg but Dad knew that the bone is sticking out of the right leg at the bottom into the dirt. And he said, I knew that leg was bleeding worse, so that's why I put the tourniquet on yeah. the right leg. But he said, but I didn't have time to argue with him, so I just let him put it on their left leg. And then he said, when he took off and went to the house, I changed it back. And, and <laughs> <laughs> so he changed the tourniquet back. Lucas comes back, and, of course, he's he's in shock you know, now too, and he tells Dad, He's he's taking pieces like pieces of his leg and parts. He said I didn't know where they went, so before I put the towels around, I was trying to put it. Obviously, wasn't going to help anything, but he yeah. didn't know what to do. He said I was trying to put these large pieces of meat back where they I thought they were supposed to go uh-huh. before I wrapped the towel around them, and uh, and then he wraps the towel around them and and they wait on the ambulance and he started to do these kind of blank stairs i guess kind of Mm -hmm. off into space and he's telling that he's not going to make it and he's telling he's giving them instructions on how to feed all these animals you know here's the here's where you get the hay for the buffalo here's what you do here's here's how often you feed all these kind of things he knows he's not going to live yeah and they're telling him please just stay alive to at least wait till the paramedics get here and they dad made a deal with him said all right i'll i'll stay with you till they get here and and then they got there and uh they the, at one point the paramedics said I got to put you up on this you know is it this... in the helicopter no at that point they 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 landed the helicopter in the buffalo pasture uh-huh. which dad's kind of mad about that because <laughs> 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 he's got oh, buffalo man. running but they didn't have anywhere oh. to land they couldn't land right where he was because yeah. there's trees and everything here so they land the helicopter in the buffalo pasture and then run this hospital bed you know down the down the lane to get to dad and uh the hell the emt after they started working on them, dad did start to check out he started he said at that point i felt like they had my life in their hands so mm-hmm. i could sort of now kind of just relax and that's when he really started clouding up and kind of kind of fading off but the emt said you know i'm gonna have to pick pick you up and put you in this bed and he said i'm not gonna lie to you it's gonna hurt like hell and he said he picked him up to put him in there, he said I screamed so loud and so long it was it was just horrible because mm-hmm. of the pain at that point. And then they had to run him down the lane, you know, in that bed down the rock. And uh, Bob, Bob is dad's brother, Vietnam veteran and tough, mm-hmm. tough guy. And Bob was mad at the paramedics because they were pushing that hospital bed down the gravel lane. You know, he's like, could you push it through the grass and and. uh, they got him into a helicopter they're going to fly him to Barnes in st louis and dad said when the helicopter took off it kind of leaned sideways and he said i was able to look over and see the farm and he said i, I just knew that was the last time i was going to see the farm and that, that farm's been in our family for a couple hundred years and dad mm-hmm. grew up out there helping grandpa my great grandpa dad's grandpa out there all those years yeah and you know and then he's in the hospital for two and a half weeks i think he's had a whole total of 10 surgeries and had to go to nursing home for weeks after that and all kinds of it's just the fact that he lived is the most amazing thing. It really is to live. To me it's to live and and to be to be able to do that himself. Yeah. And and he says, you know, like a you know, he doesn't want to you know, any disrespect towards anybody that's had any military injuries. He goes but getting shot one time or getting a bomb, you know, he said that's one thing. He said this is different because it was multiple attacks over an extended period of time he's he's had dreams he's i'm sure he has ptsd but he's a tough guy yeah. he doesn't get emotional about things so he's he's he said to me just about three days ago three four days ago i think he said you know sometimes i get in here and get to thinking about it and i get chills up and down get goosebumps all up and down my body and he he even said sometimes i'll he said, "If I'm by myself, you know, I might be thinking about it. He, I might, he goes, I might yell or scream a little bit." I said, <laughs> like, "I said, you're talking. You're just sitting in the house by yourself, like and you'll just let out a scream." And he said, "Well, yeah, because you know, because it really kind of gets to me sometimes." I'm sure. <laughs> I, said, yeah, I think it probably would.
0: Well, there yeah. were so many things that could have killed him. Absolutely. Like, I mean, yeah. Each each bite could have killed him. Yeah. And like, I was talking to a medical professional the other day after, after he had told this story at the church and. Uh, they said a lot of times the concussion on a violent concussion of your femur breaking, that it, it ruptures that femoral artery and you die anyways. Yeah. Okay. And so that happened on this leg. Then his leg, which we'll show you pictures in a minute of all the, I mean, it was just torn off. Yeah. and the fact that the femoral artery didn't get, sh- you know, cut off there. And then the artery right here There's that's in that your
2: arm. Upper axillary artery in yeah, arm. You die
0: yeah. within like 35 seconds there. And then the chest,
2: the chest you would you would have. If not for that bowling ball. The bowling ball right. is another yeah. thing that would have save him. And uh, he, Dad's got a good close friend as a taxidermist, and he said he studies black bear. And he this is just what he said. I don't know the details. He said if a black bear wants to kill you, he'll just bite your head and just crush your head. Mm-hmm. He said, I don't think that Bear wanted to kill you. I think that bear wanted you out of there, yeah. and that very well could have been what it was. He was repeatedly attacking, saying, Please get out of my face, leave. And, like, in bear language, I think that's probably what would happen. The other, mm-hmm. you know, the, the person, the bear that loses the fight runs away. Well, dad yeah. wasn't running away, and I think he pe- kept tearing into it because his foot him. was behind his he, head, yeah. he exactly. Couldn't you know? Well, they so,
1: always say, like, uh. If a black bear attacks you, you fight back, and if a grizzly attacks you, you play dead. I've heard that. Huh? So I don't ever want to have to do that. Black but. bear sometimes will try to like kill and eat a person. When grizzlies, I think it's more of a territorial. Yeah. Uh, know, they're cubs. But going something. back to that, you know, if a bear, he did fight. He wants it. him to get out of there, but he's Oof. immobilized and had to. He was like, I'm just going to have to stay here. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> right? I'd really like <laughs> to leave right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. And so, what what happens to the bear at this
2: point? So Lucas had brought that gun and while they're waiting on the the helicopter to arrive, Lucas asked dad, do you want me to shoot the bear? And dad said, you know, he holds, he still misses the bear's name Clifford. Mm -hmm. He, He loved that bear, still loves him. But dad didn't want anybody else to have to get in that enclosure to try to try to get that bear moved back to the other pen. He thought for sure they're probably gonna to have to euthanize the bear, so dad said I didn't want other people doing it. It was no. out of respect for Clifford. He said I I told him go ahead and shoot him. Hmm. So it's just a nine millimeter and we're it's talking like about five bite. feet away and Dad turns his head and watches. Clifford's right there on the other side of this chain-link fence, and, and Lucas shoots him in the head, and the bear just kind of pawed at his face like it was a mosquito bite or something. Mm. And he said, so then I hit him again with another shot in the head, and he went down. He said, I turned around and started working on your dad a little bit longer, maybe a minute, maybe less, as I understand it. And he said, I turned around if that, if that bear wasn't just looking right at me again. He's standing up staring at me. He said he had blood coming out of his mouth and his eyes. And he said it sure. just was freaky. Just, it was, it was kind of haunting. And mm-hmm. he said, I turned around and shot him a third time, and that killed him. Wow. So, oh. it, sad story, you know, for yeah. everybody obviously involved. But Dad, I think Dad made the right choice to go ahead and put him down right there. For sure.
1: And now Clifford is uh – his his legacy is <laughs> In his brother's house, right?
2: Yes, yeah, so, well yeah, of course we'll have pictures for you of that. We we had we had a taxidermy, and I'm sure people listening to the show would understand that, but the yeah. the average population does not understand that. We want not just for the sake of having a bear mount, but, but yeah. the you know, having that bear for people to see and his grandkids and his great grandkids and his legacy that he survived that that we mounted the bear. And the, the other big thing dad says, he said, If I had died he said, even when I was laying there, I was worried that I would die, and you guys would never know what happened. You'd think I did something wrong. You would wonder how long I was alive. He said that was bugging me hmm. to think you're going to find a 64 year old dead man out here, in a bear cage, and wonder what what went wrong. He said I was just glad that I was able to, you know, to be able to tell everybody what the you yeah. know what the story yeah. was.
1: Well, Kent, certainly your dad, a tough old son of a gun, 64 years old, and, and that's the other thing. At his age, to be able to possess the wherewithal to, to keep you know, such a clear head, um, that's pretty impressive. Also, I think you know there's a faith aspect here, whether that's your dad's faith or, or y'all's faith. Uh, I want to get into all of that stuff next, and also a bunch of other things that should have killed your old man over the years. It's quite a character. I'd certainly love to meet him someday. We're going to get into all that stuff next. That segment, by the way, brought to you by Pulsar Night Vision and Thermal Imaging and the new Pulsar Trail Thermal Optic 30mm Rifle Scope. You can mount it uh, on any traditional bolt gun or AR, whatever you fancy. It's the Pulsar Thermion. It's got all of the features you've come to love from Pulsar. Plus, the latest and greatest technology, you can find it at PulsarNV.com and get 20% off your order if you use that promo code Lone Star. We'll be right back with more from Kent Julius and Jonathan Mornin on the Lone Star Outdoors show.
2: If I'm not acting like
0: myself lately do anything that I don't Not sure why but you
1: British Columbia is world-renowned for its beauty and wildlife, and Vancouver Island is revered as a magical place by hunters. Vancouver Island Coastal Bear Adventures specializes in taking mature trophy black bears with 18-inch minimum skulls in the six-and-a-half to seven-and-a-half year range. They also have Roosevelt elk tags and only take Boone and Crockett bulls each fall. Sixty percent of their guiding area is located on private land, So whether you're looking for a boon or black bear, once-in-a-lifetime Roosevelt elk, or a giant cougar, they've got the hunt for you. Visit VancouverIslandBearHunt.com to book your hunt today. That's VancouverIslandBearHunt.com.
0: Howdy folks, I'm Lee Hoffbear for Hoffbear's Outdoor Superstore in Gulfway, Texas. I hope you're enjoying the Lone Star Outdoor Show. We've been a title sponsor for a number of years now and we're proud to be a part of it. I'd also like to thank you for making Hoffbear's once again the number one Polaris dealer in Texas.
1: In the market for a compact track loader, then check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best built machines in the industry. But don't take Take our word for it. Watch the videos at bobcatadvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at Bobcat of North Texas in Louisville, Fort Worth, Cedar Hill, Longview, McKinney, Paris, and Sherman. Visit bobcatofdallas.com today. And live for tomorrow, know you're down and out to your rival, know your faith is linked to your survival. Jenkins bringing us back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show, Be the Revival, the name of that one. I'm Cable Smith. Thank you so much for being here as we are still visiting with Kent Julius and Jonathan Mornin. They are here in studio today recounting the uh, incredible tale of survival of Marion Julius, uh, Kent's father, who was attacked by their 1,000-pound black bear, Clifford. Uh, unprovoked, just a normal day, cleaning out uh, the bear's cage, and, and it snapped, um, uh, we heard the details of the attack, what happens next is what I want to get into momentarily, and uh, this segment is proudly brought to you by John X Safari, switching from black bears to black death, I'm Jason K. Buffalo, with my good friend Carl Van Seal and John X this summer, uh, to say I'm excited, a little bit nervous, right, I mean uh Cape Buffalo do kill people every year. Maybe that's why I want to do it. I don't know. Uh but hunting dangerous game just oh gets my my blood pumping. And uh, if that's something that intrigues you, shoot me an email. Lone Star Outdoors Show at gmail.com. We'll get you in touch with Carl whether you want to hunt uh leopard, elephant, a lion, um rhino, vita dart, which I did last summer. That was an awesome experience where you don't actually kill a rhino or uh Cape Buffalo, any of the big five, and, of course, Plains game as well. Just shoot me an email. 2021 trip is on the books if you want to be a part of that. Uh, LoneStarOutdoorsShow at gmail.com. With that being said, let's talk about how this all played out. Kent, when when you get the the news that your father's been mauled by Clifford (laughs) – as we are now guilty of the disnification of wildlife giving a wild animal a name, but that's okay. he was your dad's pet of nine years uh so but the faith aspect what happens when you get the call that your father literally his life is is hanging in the balance after the mauling
0: well if if I can say Absolutely. this first of all <clears throat> so when it happened, um I actually was the pastor quote unquote, on call at our church, meaning like if somebody were to get into trouble, somebody's mm-hmm. in the hospital, somebody dies, I would have been the pastor that would get the phone call. And so uh, it was Sunday afternoon and his wife, Tiffany, called me. I didn't know them at the time, mm-hmm. um, called the church and the church, you know, had it to me. And then so I said, hello. She said, hi, my name's uh, Tiffany Julius and I just need you guys to pray my husband's dad and this is exactly how she said I'll never forget it my husband's dad has been eaten by his pet bear (laughs) and uh and I remember thinking what'd she just say like you're never expecting that phone call obviously and I and I said I'm sorry can you repeat that like because I really thought in my head like something's not going on right right here and uh and she said that and so you know I, I prayed with her on the phone and uh and for him and his dad and their whole family obviously and um you know one Philippians four, seven in the Bible says that we can have the peace that passes all understanding. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that's exactly what I prayed for that family. Cause in that moment, um, we don't understand. I mean, they didn't understand. Nobody understood and nobody felt peace in that moment. Cause it was a little chaotic obviously. And so I prayed that with her on the phone and, and, and for him, which he later on told me like he felt that peace, like mm-hmm. he did have peace going into that, you know, cause he's getting on an airplane having no clue, uh, If his dad's even alive when he lands um, or even if he was alive when he took off, really, I think. And uh, and and so we prayed that specifically and just for um, healing in in his dad, because dear God, (laughs) I just can't even fathom. And like I said, when you see the pictures, you'll even understand that much more about how insane this had to be. And so I prayed that for them, which, I mean, and you can tell your side of this, but they, they said that they felt that peace. And then they also felt it through the, you know, the coming weeks and really months. Absolutely.
2: So, so we were at church when this happened. We were literally in church when uh-huh. this was happening. And of course, not answering the phone. I didn't even pay attention. I didn't even know my phone was ringing, but they were blowing up our phones. So we get in the car and pull out our phones and there's calls like crazy, you know, and we, we, we. I, I'm driving, and this, it was weird. you think I'd get emotional telling the story, but this is my part, my experience, and it bother, bothers me kind of reliving it. But I'm in a car driving with the daughter in the back, and they said, what happened? And I'm trying to drive a car, you know, and, and I'm thinking, how's – how's I know that, Bear. How's, he gonna, how's a man survive? Yeah. And if it's my dad, even if he survives, if he doesn't have limbs, he's not going to want to live. So I get to the house, and uh, – tiffany calls jonathan i call bob i finally got a hold of dad's brother bob uh-huh. the tough guy and bob was out there and he said you know i was telling him you better stay alive you know you're the tough guy of this family and and because uh, he said can't your dad's the toughest one dad's got five brothers he said your dad's tougher than any of us he said i was telling him that you got to stay here man we need you well, i got a hold of bob because i'm at this stage i don't know what's going on i have no idea i just hear my dad's been molded by the bear uh-huh. and i'm picturing you can you can only imagine what you picture and i asked bob what did he look like he said well you know he got in arms and legs and i said what do you mean arms and legs he goes well you know kind of chewed and i said what tell me what it, does i mean is he alive is he talking What's, what's like? and he said it it looked he said well can it just look like chicken bones on the, on the bone sticking out. And then I'm thinking, well, he's going to be a multiple amputee if he even lives. Well, the question was about, you know, about prayer and about God and how. And and first off, God, dad's not highly emotional and not highly religious, but mm-hmm. he is a religious man, believes in God. And he told my brother and I in the hospital and ICU after that, he said, I'm going to tell you boys, there is a God for sure. He was there. And we haven't got a lot more out of him than that. Mm-hmm. But that's on dad's side. We get home, they're praying. I'm lost. You know, I'm I'm crying. I'm trying to get a flight home, and uh, I felt peace. I, the The old hymn "I Surrender All" came mm-hmm. to my head because you don't have any control over this. You need to be close to people that are close to God. And so we had a church praying here. We had a church praying back home, and uh, and I felt it. I'm like it's it's good to be connected to people that can save his life, you know, yeah. through God. Well, you're and,
0: connected to God. You're connected to church family, and you're also, you know, you have them praying for you.
2: Yep, and that and that's what gave us peace. You know, i I got to the hospital, and so I'll tell you, uh, you know, maybe this is too long. I don't know. No, you're, we're good. <laughs> so the. Uh, I get to the hospital probably seven eight hours after this event. Yeah. I get to St. Louis and Dad's laying in the hospital bed. I walk in and the first thing I think is I don't know what I'm on. You know I've been on a plane for hours, and uh, he's laying there awake. He's not had any surgery yet. He's just laying there. They were just doing supportive care, get trying to get him ready to go into surgery. He's wrapped up all over the place, but I see his feet underneath the blanket or the sheet, and I just immediately as I walk in, his feet was towards me. You know in the room, and I just pulled the sheet back. see his feet and i grabbed both feet and i'm like well they're warm he's got blood supply to his feet that's incredible So, can you wiggle your toes and he wiggles his toes and then i said all right well then wow that's incredible and his right arm's right there at the edge of the bed i'm standing on the right side of the bed i said well does your arm work and he's like yeah i said well can you lift it up or shake my hand and then he squeezes my hand he goes how's that you know like a tough guy (laughs) you know farm cal you know he's heavily tanned tough guy my whole Mm -hmm. life you know and then and then i pulled the gown down on his chest and I see the canine teeth indentations in the chest and then all the incisors going right across just under the, where a shirt would be under yeah. your collar. And, uh, I told dad, I said, man, if I didn't have to go through all the other stuff, I'd want that. On, I'd want those scars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. His answer was you can have them, <laughs> but then he goes into surgery and, and, uh, you know, went and, into the night.
1: And, and so he makes a full recovery. Obviously he's still alive. Yeah. What, is he able to walk?
2: He does walk, yeah. He's got now he it, it took a long time. Mm-hmm. He's got the right leg where that femur was out is about two inches shorter. Uh, so he's gotta have his his boot lifted up. The left knee hardly bends. He can't put a sock or shoe on without a little tool. He mm-hmm. wears boots oftentimes so he can just kind of slide his foot in the boot uh and then he's got a, kind of a piece missing on the arm but they sewed all that up and then some pretty bad scars all in the chest but the guy's out there every day working on the farm and he's out there opening that same gate and he's keeping dogs in that pen now and mm. they living a good life in that pen and he just uh he just lives a normal life we've you know the bear mount to the taxidermy work is down at my brother's house and dad can't he's been in the same room with it he can't go up and touch the bear but he's been in the same yeah. room he said i do get kind of cold chills when i'm standing in the same room of with it yeah but he's out there working every day and and, and just and, as crazy as he was because no, no, he showed no, me a no, picture no. from just a couple months ago or a couple weeks
0: ago and, <laughs> you know he's got all these buffalo out there <clears> yeah. and he, the the alpha buffalo that <laughs> i mean you're talking about 2000 pound 10, yeah. you know 2000 pound animal his dad got out of the like side by side and got right up in his face and was like yelling
2: at it, telling him to go. <laughs> That's how like he told me, you know, get back on the horse, Kent. If something happens, you know, get back on the horse. And I tell you two things on that. First, that Buffalo story is that my brother and dad's out driving the, the little car through the pasture. He's got a little Suzuki sidekick mm-hmm. and he drives around. It's kind of like a little farm truck. He's driving that around and this Buffalo, this bull goes up to the front end of that car Starts shaking his head and pawing at the ground. Dad said, man, that makes him mad seeing him do that. He said, I'm going to jump out and make him back down. And Brick like, why would you do that? There's <laughs> only two things going to happen, there He's going to back down or you're going to die. Right. And Dad had already been – I can tell you there's 11 other things like, I got listed here he's been through we we could go through at some point. But one of them was a buffalo attack. Dad had been attacked by a buffalo too. Wow. So Dad gets out, goes in the front of the car, and starts raising his arm, throwing his hat up, saying, get on out of here. And that bear kind of, kind of – stood up to him for about the buffalo yeah the bu- buffalo oh, sorry yeah. the yeah. buffalo he uh for a few seconds and backs off and dad goes there you know that's that's how you do it you yeah <laughs> but in the picture
0: you showed me his dad has his head like this and he's got his arm up like this and you can see where most of his bicep is missing on this arm yeah. oh wow. <laughs> wow
2: so he I, either he, you know it's a good thing or maybe he didn't learn but mm-hmm. the second story on that is uh, this happened in in uh, August and beginning August, and this was late mid to late September. Dad's in a nursing home, and I'm on a business trip and on the phone with Dad, and he's hoping to go home. And Kent, he says to me, you know, Kent, I know I told you always get back on the horse and get don't let something conquer you like that. And he said, "But I'm going to tell you right now, I'll never get in another bear cage in my whole life." <laughs> you <got that> right. <laughs> and he felt bad about it. He really, it really bothered him. Yeah. And I said, "Well, that, you know, congratulations, Dad. You're normal. You're like right. the rest of us because <laughs> I'm not <laughs> getting in a bear cage either." You know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I uh, when I shot this bear, this black bear behind us here in Alberta, my uh, my guide told me a, a bear attack story, which I'll, I'll share with you, and it's it's pretty pretty bad. But his buddy. And this guy at the time, uh, his name was Lauren Storak. He was, I uh, think he was 20 years old. I don't know. He drank beer with us, but I don't know what the drinking age is in Canada. So whether that was legal or not, I don't know. But anyway, he was, his goal was always to guide in the Yukon. That's what he wanted to do. His brothers were already guiding sheep hunts and grizzly hunts there. He wanted to do the same thing. So he's paying his dues. Basically, he kind of looked down on the black bear. He's like, eh, this is just something mm-hmm. to get me to where I want to go. Yep. You know, Like guiding mm-hmm. the black bear hunts isn't for me, but I'm going to do it, pay my dues. He said, but my, he said, "My buddy was guiding a moose hunt in the Yukon the uh this the fall before it's been like August September, and the the client and him were in the tent. they wake up. They hadn't had any luck on this hunt, and they wake up and there's a freaking massive bull just like a hundred yards away, mm-hmm. and just feeding this meadow by their tent. He tells the, he wakes his his hunter up and says, "Hey, there's a moose. get your gun. Mm-hmm. They basically shoot it from the tent." And because it was so close, the, the guy didn't take his gun with him. They just started quartering the meat up. And he's like, all right, I'll butcher it. You just ferry it back to the tent. You know." And then whenever the helicopter comes or airplane, whatever it was, it was coming to get them in a few days. You know, they'd have it all staged there. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the, the hunter is ferrying the meat back, and all of a sudden this grizzly pops up mm. and just takes one swipe at the guy, knocks him off of this little ledge, and he falls probably 10 feet. And breaks his leg. Well, then he's screaming, and the outfitter doesn't have a gun, you know, because they shot it so close to the tent. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what do I do? So he kind of runs towards the bear, and the bear stands up and looks at him. He's like, whoa, I don't have any. <laughs> I don't want any of this. And the guy's down there screaming, and the bear, like, the, mm-hmm. the scream's got the bear's attention again. He goes down there. One swipe to the jugular, kills the guy instantly. Whoa, yeah, so terrible. the hun- the hunter's now dead. Oh, my. And the outfitter geez, has one of those little, uh, <coughs> like, at the time, it was the SOS signal thing, yep. but he couldn't get a signal out for three days, so he had to stay there, guide the guy's body from mm. like magpies and you know varmints and stuff, and just and wait for the, the, Man, terrible. the helicopter. Oh gosh. And he never he said he never guided again. He was done. But uh, yeah, the bear attacks are no joke. I think that's the one thing. Like I would rather take my chances with a cougar personally. I think than than yeah. of a grizzly because at least we're we outweigh them. Yeah, yeah. Well, you certainly do. <laughs> well, I don't outweigh that thing. Mack truck over there. <laughs> Definitely not that thing. But yeah, yeah, I mean, you hear about the and and who knows if if a bear if bear spray or a firearm really works better. You hear different opinions, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. A lot of times, you don't ever have time to get it out either way no. before they're on you. So no, yeah, yeah.
0: Bear think, Bears. Bears do what bears do, and
1: yeah,
2: I'd rather not be around it.
1: Yeah, yeah, especially not a thousand pound one.
2: So he's got, so there's these shirts, you know, you've probably seen him says, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger Uh except for bears. Bears will kill you. (laughs) (laughs) We haven't got dad to wear that shirt. (laughs) He 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 doesn't have have to wear it. Yeah. Uh, He probably uh, needs to say, including bears, they won't kill you either. I don't know. Yeah. Well,
1: it's really a fascinating story. Um, I appreciate you, Jonathan thinking of, of of having Kent come in here and, and tell it on the air. And, uh, glad that your dad was able to recover and live a, a, a semi-normal life doing what he wants to do out on the farm. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I don't, I can't imagine that having, just watching your body being torn apart and, and but you're still fully coherent and watching it yeah. happen. is just,
0: I know. I am like,
2: I'd love to have a conversation with your dad, you know, we I, think, need I to... think us three should just go white tail. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. Joel, there you go. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, we, yeah. I, that's my goal is to get him to tell the story. Cause of course he's going to tell it better firsthand. yeah. Uh, but I want, I want the story to help other people because uh-huh. there are people that have gone through things, you know, and, and I can't imagine it being quite this bad. Uh, there's, well, I'm sure there's things just as bad, yeah. but, but I want dad to be able to help other people with this story because he's mm-hmm. still around and needs to help others.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and people can check out the website, uh, if they want to see pictures of it. I don't know how I haven't seen the pictures yet, but I'm sure they're pretty graphic, so we'll, we'll figure out what we're going to put on there, and and we'll also post uh, Oak Clifford's mount as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for making time today.
2: Absolutely. Thank you. It's great being here.
1: So there they go. Kent Julius and Jonathan Mornin. Um, certainly appreciate them dropping by the studio today for one of the most interesting animal attack stories that I've heard. And, and yeah, you can say what you want about Somebody raising a bear in captivity, you know, sometimes wild animals turn on people. That, that happens, and, and it's a shame that it happened to Marion, uh, but I just can't get over the fact that he lived through that ordeal based off the severity of those injuries. It's just uh, mind-blowing. Uh, but anyway, uh, certainly enjoyed the conversation. Hope you all found it fascinating as well. Uh, unfortunately, that's going to do it for today. We are flat out of time. Got to go. Got to get out of here. Thanks to all of our sponsors. Uh, thanks to you guys and gals, the listener, for being a part of the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith saying, y'all have a great week in the outdoors.
2: I to myself, what a wonderful